0: Oh, and welcome to Analyze This, the self-help podcast that just can't help itself. I'm one of two Hannahs. Sometimes this happens. Hannah Hart. <laughs> and
1: I'm Hannah Kelb. And so today, happy to be here with my musical and
0: uh, quirky co-host, my dear uh, friend Hannah Hart. <laughs> So speaking of w- wonderful things, today we are joined by our wonderful human being to discuss diversity, inclusion, and equity. Yes, the one, the only, Valerie Harvey. So sit back, relax, and enjoy.
1: Hello, Val. Hi, Hannah's. <laughs> Hello. Thank you so much for for coming and and talking with us today.
2: Uh, It is an absolute honor to be here and to talk to you ladies. I can't wait to dive in.
0: I can't (laughs) wait to dive in too. You know, it's funny. I just thought uh, we always say, like, hello, my buddy. And we always say, like, oh, hello, (laughs) my pal. But today we're saying, hello, my Val. (gasps) Or Val
2: Pal. I've been called
0: that. Are you even called the Val Pal?
2: Oh yeah, I'm a Val Pal, for sure. <laughs> oh, for
1: sure. <laughs> oh, I, that hope rocks. It's a, I hope it's okay to share this, but I, I feel like the earbuds should know that Valerie is like sitting here like an angel while, whilst her TV is broken. Like she's, <laughs> she's putting this podcast before getting a new TV.
0: That's uh, true. And in, this, in, this,
1: in this time in human history, that is
2: <laughs> laudable. Well, if that is not a testament to my commitment to this <laughs> podcast and helping the world understand de and i i don't know what else is i just don't mm-hmm. know
0: what happened though <laughs> what happened what happened with the tv valve? wait oh. what happened oh Tele- my goodness
2: through. well <laughs> i mean i honestly like it happened so fast i was like "How like that just happened i can say the <laughs> f word right Oh yeah! yeah, 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 yeah. thank you so essentially I was just trying to like get everything ready um to be prepared to talk to you ladies and I went to plug my laptop in and it's just a a place that I don't usually plug it in and I have a paint a a piece of art behind my television which is a bad idea if it's not anchored um (laughs) and (laughs) I'm yeah you we're all gonna learn something here um so yeah I essentially like bumped the painting when I was trying to plug in my laptop charger and it um created a domino effect that knocked over my television which hit my bed and shattered it <laughs> and I was oh I was so looking forward to watching the tinder swindler tonight and I mean I have already seen it but like I like to review you know mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I've and, also uh, no,
1: I... it's like losing a friend
2: it is. Yeah. It is. Well, it's a nice. it's a very brand new friend. I I got it on Black uh, Friday, but it's okay. Best Buy is around the corner.
0: and you know, you know how I like to think. I'm like, who knows what untold treasures might await along this trip to Best Buy? Yeah. You know, who never.
2: knows? No, so. you never know.
0: Mm-hmm. You never know. <laughs> um, the Tinder swindler. Before we get into the the real nitty gritty of it all, and uh, also, uh, you know, a little bit of backstory, um, about about val but just t- talk to me about this show you're into right now val, because we love shows we hear uh, we hear the earbuds us that analyze this we love tv man we love a skin. i've seen so i'm um, storytelling
1: right now i'm committed to love is blind season two uh.
0: but um <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I have seen the tinder swindler always like go by in my you know little feed so i'm like what is this tinder swindler
2: i mean i feel that anybody who i mean it's, whether you are or you aren't but especially if you've used the dating apps or currently using the dating app, dating apps kind of like me um, it's such a good good show to watch because i mean i personally like i love the crime shows and things like that because i'm always trying to figure out how not to get
0: murdered and this is Mm -hmm. like gonna show you (laughs) so far so good it's clearly working you know
2: so i'm doing something right um so yeah this is definitely going to teach you how not to get swindled but what i love about it i won't you know get too into it i will tell you that a when I watched it, it gave me the feeling of, like, the first time I ever watched The First Wives Club. It was, like...
0: Wow! Yeah, oh. it was, like,
2: that magical lady, like, you know, you're just kind of rooting for these girls. And, like, I won't tell you anything else, but, like, it just was that energy. I know. That's, like... a My friend was, like, those are fighting words. I'm, like, listen, I <laughs> said what I said. I said what I said. So, <laughs> oh my and also like i love that these ladies um they're also the ladies that um directed and produced don't fuck with cats which is also an amazing show um and documentary but i love that they definitely framed the the whole show in a way that wasn't victim blaming you know Mm. because especially with things like this i feel like women get dragged across across the coals like we should know better and this guy was a absolute fucking professional you know mm-hmm. and That's
0: a, I, I gained that know? much from my understanding of the trailer was yeah. basically a con artist who uh finds their the uh, next vic- you know i hate to use the word victim right but mm-hmm. like the next person they're gonna con yeah. through tindler by being like oh hey i'm this guy la 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 mm-hmm. you know I'm this successful I think, young man. I think you said, I think you said. Tindler. I did hear new, that. <laughs> a new app that we are going
2: to start. But hey, I've run into some Tindlers. Let me tell you. <laughs> I showed up on dates and I was like, you are not who you said you are. You're like, t- I just got Tindled. Are, I got Tindled. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like it was so great that, uh, you know, and because I feel like with, with, if, I'm, if that happened to a man, everyone would have a lot of sympathy for him. You know what I mean? These fucking mm. gold diggers and da 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 And, like, they, you know, they would truly be a victim. But let it happen to a woman. And all of a sudden... We're Why'd she sp- trust him anyway? Exactly. We should have known better. And it's all of our fault. So I love that, you know, you feel like you're rooting for these women when you're watching this. And I also... I'm a big i'm big on psychology and it really gets into the psychology of why people you know do things like that and also like just the other end of it like damn dude yeah i'm how gonna you... have to watch it oh it's so it's so worth it <laughs> it's so worth words. it it's all worth it it's so worth it it's so worth it i even okay. like listen to their little podcast too on the making of the tinder oh. i'm obsessed <laughs>
0: Well, you know, you got great taste in podcasts. Val's a Thank big podcast listener. I mean, you're the one who brought, uh, you brought 1619 into my life, which oh. I could not. Yeah, you brought it into my life. You're like, you know, you should let's do this. And I let's do it. And I was like, God fucking damn it. God
2: yeah. Israel it. Israel talking that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of it. Um, Gelby. This is just a note to all of us, which is Val. I already want to have you back, specifically because you two lovely, eligible bachelorettes uh, are very I was, funny. I was,
1: I was really like trying to
0: hold it. I was Ooh. like, "Oh my god, are
1: you also dating?" Fine. <laughs> isn't it
2: terrible
0: so i'm just terrible. like right valentine's <laughs> hannah day tells me things she see oh god it was valentine's but hannah but hannah tells me things she sees on tinder or whatever i was gonna say it again and she's like the tindlers she runs Guys? into <laughs> yeah and she's like men will just say the shit oh. she, hannah lives in san diego man oh man
2: what are the it's dudes there rough. like
1: it's rough uh largely it's like i think there's i don't know if this happens in la but there's something about san diego probably because the weather and the proximity to the beach where it's like every guy whether he's 20 or like 48 is like what's up like i'm just here to like party i know i'm like 48 but i'm just like not really ready to like settle Mm -hmm. down yet i mean like i'm not I'm not judging anyone for any of their life choices, but it just it's like, I feel like a lot of Peter Pans. Oh, kind of. And I think there are like, you know, some sweet nerdy guys out there, but they don't seem to. (sighs) They're just like hiding, you know, it's like you have to find them in their
2: holes. I mean, Uh, listen, the only thing that made me feel better about dating and especially dating online is reading the book Attached. Um, because I need to read that so bad. <laughs> oh, God, it's so good because it talks about the different attachment styles. I'm sure I'm an anxious attachment style, but then I've also been an avoidant too. So depending on who I'm with, or... you might
0: be the the wonderful clusterfuck that's disorganized.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Like there's hybrids of all of them. Um, and then there's the secure types, of course. But how? What I thought was genius about the way they explained it that they're they said, well. The secure types are usually in relationships, so they're not in the dating pool very often. Mm -hmm. But guess who are in the dating pool all the fucking time? The avoidance. The The avoidance, because they won't be with nobody. They won't be with nobody. And guess who they attract, because it validates their logic of being single, is the anxious ones, because the second we start, like, having needs oh then they feel valid in like oh, pff, look at this needy bitch and they mm-hmm. run the other way and it's this vicious fucking cycle because you know an avoidant and a secure could get together but like they're not they're like I don't really you're not yeah, you're definitely okay. not There's what a, I want and you're it, not what I the want pot- it's
0: so the it's potential for healing that draws people together but not everybody is ready to like rise yeah. At all, you know what I mean? Like yeah. on the occasion, right? So you could have an avoidant and an insecure. And I would say like those were elements of our relationship that also really came to the forefront. Yeah. But like you could have those people come together and then be challenged and therefore grow. Yeah. But you know,
1: do yeah. but if, if growth there, is
0: hard.
2: Growth is hard.
1: It is. It's mm-hmm. painful. It but, is. You know, I'm all for it.
2: <laughs> and because of the way society is, um, those tools, you really have to look for them. You know, they weren't handed to us. at birth or really like for me at any point in my life except for whenever i've sought them out and so um you know if you have like really good neuroplasticity you know then you can be malleable and you can like grow but a lot of people they just it's so much easier to stay the same you know and it's so Mm. much easier to just displace blame and not to ever really look at yourself and your part in something and i struggle with that all the time i'm like well single going on, like, you know, 20 years, pro- you know, about. So I don't know. Um, is it me? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know. But I have to honor my journey. I have to honor my journey. Yes. And and I had a lot of things in the road that I think a lot of people didn't have, you know, on this journey. And I think that if I had rushed it, I would have been in a place that I would not I don't know if I would be able to recover from. So mm-hmm. I have to always remind myself of that and that it's, you know, I will get there when I get there. <laughs> God, yeah. dude. And yeah. you know
1: what? We're going to live like another 50 years. There's no
2: rush. <laughs> right. And we're <There's> still <laughs> no, like. And we're still fine.
1: And guys we're still fine. I'm going to go late. Come on, I mean, girl. I get yeah. so you guys wrapped are pretty up pretty fucking in this. cute. <laughs> I, I get so like wrapped up in like a, Oh, like, why hasn't a man like chosen me? And yeah. then I'm like, wait a minute. I've met men.
0: okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <gasps> yeah, I, I will like next week on analyze this though. We're having a male guest to discuss toxic masculinity because we did realize we're, you know, we give men a really hard time, but it's you know, true. I mean, yeah, look yeah. forward to that next Sunday. This uh, is the perfect, I do want to make sure we get to our topic. And so uh, here I am doing yes. my, my being a bad cop. Um, You know, we are going to discuss Uh the tools that society hands us and (sighs) the ways that we can grow and evolve past them as we talk with Val about her journey, both through her career and uh, personally into new work. And we're going to get to that conversation right after this. And we're back. Val, (laughs) I know you as a makeup artist. I know you as a, a beautiful, beautiful, loving soul. I know you as a, as a witch. I know you as a friend. You know, I know all. Yeah, I know it all. Uh, and most recently, you've taken your personal journey, your career journey, and added a new element to it, which is this work in um, diversity, equity, and inclusion. So will you walk us through it? Because I, I, I'm not going to do a good job. I will. So like your journey. So you, you know what, you got your start. I mean, you've been working in makeup.
2: Yeah. Um, I've been I was working in makeup, but um I've also been black for 41 years. Right. So, right yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, yeah. so I got a lot of experience, lots of drawing, <laughs> lots of lot of scene. I done seen. I didn't seen a lot, <laughs> let me tell you. Um and you know, started out in makeup, which is not traditionally the most inclusive space. Um, I, and that showed when I, you know, like I talk about my journey, um, with makeup, um, and I have before and you're a lot of people, especially with me, uh, your makeup journey looks kind of like what your mother's makeup journey looks like. You know, and how she navigated it a lot of times inspires people, you know, or teaches them things early on. And one thing that I was very, um, I, I, I didn't know this was the reason why, but um, my mother and my aunts, they're all very dark skinned women. And that wasn't something that was really, you know, included in mm. color ranges and things to offer for women that wore makeup and so in terms of palettes and, and sort and of palettes and, and things and... like that yeah so we had maybe one color in the crayon box uh, you know as opposed mm. to like a 150 pack you know and mm. so that caused me to be extremely experimental with makeup and i would use products in different ways to achieve you know certain effects that just weren't offered to me as a as a black woman. And it also just kind of made me highly intuitive when I was doing makeup because, you know, if you're white and a makeup artist, you're able to practice on yourself, but I couldn't practice. I had to practice on other people. So I had to sit people down in the chair. I had to really, you know, get in the trenches to see what things did because, um, it wasn't as straightforward of a journey as I, as, as for other people. Um, so I think it made That's me also root.
0: really vulnerable making. Sorry. I just didn't know that. Like, I realized like, you know, as you, every time we talk, I'm like yet another way, <laughs> oh, you know, <laughs> but like for real, but, uh, yeah, that's hard. Cause you're like, Hey, I need to practice on, on your, on your paper face yeah. <laughs> so that I can learn how to do makeup. I need to know, <laughs> because I, would, people I would regularly me.
2: grab my friend's hands. I'm like, I need to see what this looks like. And I would just swatch things because I didn't, you know, it wasn't going to show up the same way on me. Um, so anyway, though, uh, being a makeup artist, you know, it definitely came to a halt (laughs) in 2020, the year that slapped us all in the face. Um, and it really forced me because so much of my identity was tied up in being a makeup artist. Um, it really forced me to examine my life and to, look at what I was doing and what my life would look like if I couldn't identify as a makeup artist anymore. Like who really, who, who really is Val Harvey, you know, without all these things that, you know, bond her to people or impress people. And then George Floyd was murdered during the same time period. And it really ripped my heart open. And, you know, I was definitely the type of person I would see the videos of black violence against Black people. And I generally ignored them because it was very disturbing to me. Um, but it also got to a point where I was kind of numb watching them. Um, I didn't seek them out, but if I saw them, I'd be like, well, I mean, like, I it's this is not new. <laughs> you know, especially for a, a Black woman who grew up in South central during the nineties and lived there during the LA riots, you know, like I became very numb to it. It's not that I didn't care. It's just, it was easier that way. Um, and I felt like when George Floyd, um, was murdered, like I, it opened up, you know, mourning for all of the things that I hadn't cried about, you know, all of the micro and macro and, and, and uh aggressions and discrimination and just outright, you know, bullying that I've endured my whole life, you know, and just opportunities missed and things like that. Like I cried for all of that for a long time. And, you know, I had probably, I want to say like a hundred friends slide into my DMs or text messages or phone calls and spent a lot of time on the phone with um non people of color. <laughs> uh essentially you know talking to them they all wanted to call to apologize and but it always followed with I what do I do you know and Mm. it it was oh it was really hard for me because I was like you know what like I've been talking about this for so long I've specifically been the type of person because um you know being a woman and being black I feel like we really have to have drawn out arguments for anyone to even consider our opinion. You know, we don't, as black people and as women, we don't get the given of you're the expert, you know, Mm -hmm. by sheer Mm -hmm. sake of your experience, we always have to have these complicated um, elaborate rationales for how we're feeling. And I happen to be good at explaining it. So, however, I, um, I was kind of ups- I was kind of like, I don't know if I want to like talk to hundred people today about this.
0: Like, yeah, <laughs> like y'all figure that like, out hey, yourself. Let me, <laughs> hey. Um, so first of all, let me like let me just like push on your wound, but then also, can you hold me Ex- in your wound?
2: That was that. Yeah, I was like, while I'm still bleeding. Like. And so, yeah. So, it, listen, I I kind of took a, a moment off from you know engaging in that way. However, I started to realize at the same time, you know, as impo- like as much as it felt like an imposition, I definitely was. I have a front seat to what it looks like when people like me aren't a part of the conversation. And so, I didn't want that to be the case either. You know, um, Very fly
0: on the wall. Yeah, we're but- also referencing like being a makeup artist, too, is that you like people you kind of like blend like people will say shit. Oh, yeah. You know?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's it's it would be easy for me to resign and just let everybody do their own research. But I honestly didn't know if I could trust people to translate it in a way that just wasn't solely for their benefit either. You know, because we've seen that like, I mean, we're seeing it right now with CRT, how, you know, uh, non non people of color want to continue control of the narrative when it comes to race relations. And they want to be the ones responsible for defining what racism looks like and who is I I mean, A, they don't even fully understand it because they've never experienced it. So they're going to let a lot of things slide, you know. It's it's interesting, like when I've had racist things or microaggressions or macroaggressions happen to me before 2020, and I would tell it to my friends before they like kind of quote unquote woke up, um, they always take the side of the white person that they'd never met. And I'd be like, okay, so what negates,
0: well, hey, I'm your like that, friend. It's starting that way. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh,
2: they could have had a bad day or I just don't know if like, that's why like that's over. And like, that's just a negative space for you to live in. And like, you know, just kind of immediately having this, like, you know, I think unconscious um, pull towards defending their race, which I don't even think they realized they were doing because the logical thing would be to believe your friend, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, what besides my, regardless of my color, you know, me, you don't know this stranger, you know, me, mm-hmm. why, you know, and, So it just led me to believe a lot of my friends thought I was crying racism, even, even though now they get it, you know, Mm -hmm. so that was something that, you know, I, I definitely want to want it to be a part of the conversation. And so Mm. that led me to, um, decide to take the, take a certification program for diversity, equity, and inclusion at Cornell university And I got certified in the summer of 2020. And I've been really lucky. I've been able to work with brands like Maybelline, um, marketing companies like the right now, um, great cosmetic companies called like RetroVay, and um, a really cool company called Embodied Labs that actually I've been working with them to create active empathy experiences through virtual reality. And it is fucking cool. And we're Whoa. yeah, we what working. is
1: can you tell what what is like what what kind of a scenario would that be like
2: so essentially right now their um their existing experiences, and the what really drew me to them was that their um CEO and founder her mother had dementia, and something that was really heartbreaking for her that she shared to me shared with me was that she was watching her mother go through dementia and she, you know, really had to work hard not to get frustrated and, you know, and also struggled with like not understanding what her mother was going through and through research. And um, well, after her mother passed um, she decided that she really wanted to explore, you know, having more empathy for people who are suffering like this. And through her research, um, she was able to um Well, she founded the company and then researched um, and worked with um, the medical community to build these experiences for the medical community. And really, I think it would benefit just anyone um, because we're all going to have to go through this at some point. I've definitely been through it with my mother um, where they uh, show you what it's like in a fully immersive experience to have dementia. And so and it's more than just being forgetful. You know, there's a lot of other things that go into it. Auditory things, vision things, like sensitivity to light and day. And um, what's great about it and what's really the coolest part about it is that with virtual reality, um, it actually creates neural pathways that register as a real memory. And so you are now... um, you know, it's as if you, you really did have dementia for the time that you were in this fully, this, this immersive experience. And yeah, and uh, so therefore, yeah. And so it builds empathy on such a deeper level because now all of a sudden, like you have this memory that makes you bonded with the person who's going through this. And so you're going to treat them in a different way. You're going to be extra empathetic. And you know, you know exactly what they're going through on some level you know, so I, yeah. And so we're also, I was lucky enough to work with them on a lab about PTSD and trauma. Um, And I like to, and I'll get into it when we start talking more about diversity, equity inclusion, but um, I funnel a lot of my teachings through that lens because um, fear has so much to do with why people project when, and, and what societally acceptable outlets we have when we are angry and when we are frustrated and when we are resentful. You know,
0: no, yeah. Um, to bring it to diversity, equity, inclusion, like you said, and Val, by the way, just like I think um, you should write a book. <laughs>
2: yeah, <you> know, yeah. <laughs> I'm taking notes all the time and writing things down all the time. It's it's definitely
0: long term goal by. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: cool.
0: Um, I, for so I I think that what would be helpful and maybe informative even to our listeners. Because um, we've got a really special group of people, the earbuds, uh, and in that they are compassionate and curious. And that is something, you know, that I was reminded of specifically also when you were talking about people's responses when you're talking about your experiences of racism and the micro and macro aggressions that you endure, um, mm-hmm. let's say, every day. Uh, uh, that defensiveness, that, blah, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, when people start that well like that's the phrase for me it's like that's how it sounds like i know that if i'm talking to somebody and they start something at the top of a hill and are like have you looked at it this way little girl then i'm like "Ah, uh, thank you for diminishing me i really actually just opened up to you anyway <laughs> right It's neither here nor there. But if somebody's like, like in response to sharing how you're feeling, I'm like, I guess someone could feel that way. Anyway, this is how my experience was. Why is it so hard for you to just
1: accept that I had this experience? Yeah. You have to deny it so much. It's like. Yeah.
0: Yes. So for diversity, equity and inclusion. uh, Okay. Let me start with a question. Uh The question is what is the difference and is there a difference between diversity and inclusion?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Diversity definitely um, is when you see a lot of variety, you know, and you see people from different walks of life, you know, you're going to see people of different ages. You're going to be seeing people of um, different colors, ethnicities, religions, and things like that. But inclusion Means that, like the way that they describe it, is diversity is being invited to the party, and inclusion is being asked to dance at the party.
0: You know, probably so plan the party,
2: or is that equity? Um Equity is probably being able to plan the party. I think that is a great, inc- yeah, that's great. And wow. I'm going I'm to use that. Um Yeah, plan the party. Yeah, so
0: it's like diversity is like you're invited to the party. Inclusion yeah. is you get to pick some songs and we get to dance at the party. Exactly. And then equity is you're on the
2: party board. Yeah, your the planning party. committee. You're on the planning committee. Mm-hmm. Planning committee. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's you want to make sure that you're not having diversity for diversity's sake. You want to make sure that it makes sense. And you want to make sure that it because, you know, studies have shown that companies who are diverse and that actually utilize the differences in opinions and approaches in a meaningful way, their companies are way more successful, but the operative word is meaningful. Like it has to be meaningful diversity. And we have to be, yeah, we have to be, um, consistent with that, you know, just not allowing them to speak sometimes because when they've taken polls of people who are diverse in companies and ask them if they feel like they're being utilized in a way that makes a difference, you know, um, a lot of them are not, you know, able to answer yes to that, you know? And I mean, I feel like That's happened to me on occasion, too, where I've been asked to, you know, just be a black makeup artist on set because we just want the one there. And I'm like, no, I'm not just going to come and hang out and hover over other makeup artists, white makeup artists, while they're doing their thing on black, you know, talent, just so that so we can just me and the black talent can stare at each other. I don't know. I'm like, what do you want me there for? You know, this has to be meaningful. (laughs) <laughs>
1: sorry yeah it sounds like you can have you can have diversity while not having inclusivity which absolutely is not enough they are not and mu-
2: mutually inclusive <laughs> right wow. right so I have a question for Val
1: shoot um I've I feel like um so there are almost every huge company now and all, brands are going through the motions of EDI, like mm-hmm. of, and also this kind of weird, like we're wheat thins, but like, we're gonna end racism. Like, <laughs> like can, can a, you know, like I just saw this ad the other day that was like, <laughs> can a brand, can a brand bring social change? Absolutely. I was like, uh, I don't think, so. thank you brand for telling me that. I mm-hmm. know you would like me to believe that. I don't see how that's possible, but so uh, have you been able to have you ever had a kind of experience where you've come up with that sort of feeling like these this company or this brand or these people are they want me to be here to like check a box off or has it been
2: mostly positive yeah I mean I've definitely run into that and you can tell I mean um luckily yeah I mean I with my, my diversity, equity, inclusion stuff, it's been, you know, I've definitely been hired for necessity, I think. Um, but I think in my makeup business, I've definitely felt that like we are hiring you because you're black or like you wouldn't be here if there weren't other black people to attend to, you know? So like the default is going to be usually non people of color. Um, And like, we'll call you when we need you. So, yeah, I've definitely gotten that. Or like I said, I had someone call me up once and be like, um, we just want a black makeup artist there because there's, there's black, there's black talent, which, you know, our makeup artists are going to handle who aren't people of color. But yeah. we just want you there. I'm like, just so I can catch
0: their eye. Like, Make sure I don't people feel comfortable. It's it's, it's just so, so weird. It's because bizarre. It's like, it's very, like, it gives me, like, I don't know. Like, it gives me. I don't me, like... see how you
1: could say that out loud to a person. Like, how? Yeah. Like, <laughs> because no, they Hannah don't.
0: Gil, people don't see all people as people and they don't realize that they're in. They're in so deep, they think it's appropriate yeah. to say that to someone. Well, Does I think she sense?
2: thought that I would think like, wow, they really want, a, you know, a person of Thank color you. here. Like, it, I don't know. It just, it seems sincere. However, it was very misdirected. You know, like mm-hmm. she didn't really understand that this wasn't a compliment. Kind of like when people tell me I'm pretty for a black girl. Like, what? That's not a yeah, That's not a compliment. beautiful for that's a, not a compliment. creature
0: of the earth. <laughs> oh, I've you're heard it so many times. A... That is insane. So many times. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, stare is at me lady? like I'm an
2: anomaly. I'm like, there are so many more of me and who are way not... more beautiful than I am. So I just don't know why this isn't oh, used to you.
0: <laughs> also, what I a mean, way it's... to try and take away the power of your beauty from Mm -hmm. you, man. A little
2: backhanded. Mm A little
0: backhanded. A little bit like, just think of it this way. Ha ha. I'm always in your head. Never forget. Yeah. Uh, So here's, you know, on the interpersonal level, like I'm really torn, right? Because like I, and I definitely want to have more episodes and like further. I want us to discuss about this topic. I want to discuss this more and at length because Mm -hmm. I feel like what you bring to the table here is both an empowerment Mm
1: -hmm.
0: of, okay... I've got a hundred people in my DMs apologizing to me for the vicious murder of George Floyd. Mm -hmm. When I have lived in Los Angeles, I grew up in the nineties. Like I have been here. Mm -hmm. You've all, and then, okay, fine. So I'm going to go get this certificate, which like you said, wouldn't my 41 years of being alive as a black person already validate, guess not. Got to go get a certificate for people to listen to me. Mm -hmm. So you're taking these steps and taking these steps and, to channel it in this direction, how has that felt for you as a person? You know what I mean? Like, is it helping you? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's what I'm trying to ask. Yeah. I mean,
2: it definitely has because it's led, led me in directions that I didn't think that it would take me. Um, you know my history, Anna, and you know – um you know, just from growing up in LA and my religious history and things like that. I've, I've suffered a lot of trauma in my life. And, um, I had this parallel journey of healing from trauma and, um, you know, studying and becoming a diversity, equity, inclusion, um, expert and instructor. And they started to intersect in ways that I didn't realize that they would, you know, Mm -hmm. and it started with the book, It's things that I've always kind of like like pinged around in my head, but they weren't at all, um, you know, organized at all. Um, But I read this book called My Grandmother's Hands. And it was so brilliant because it really weaved together um, how fear is at the core and trauma at the core of uh, racism. However, it's not just the trauma of Black people, it's the trauma of white people, because their trauma has to go somewhere. You know, if they're not processing it correctly and if they're not metabolizing it properly, it's got to go somewhere. And there are like, what is a more socially acceptable outlet than racism, except for like maybe sexism, homophobia, you know, just any of those isms and phobias. And That really got me thinking along with um, reading books like the polyvagal theory and the body keeps the score or how to do the work or um, gosh so many books on psychology that I've read on how our nervous system plays such a big part in really hijacking um, the logical part of our brain the part of our brain that we need to be able to work out that I'm not in danger when I'm around a person of color I'm not in I'm not, uh, a, a woman is not a threat to me. Her her independence and her liberty is not a threat to me. Um, uh, someone marrying a partner of the same sex is not a threat. And I don't need to be afraid of that. Like the way that flight or fight works, you're quite literally locked out of that part of your brain that helps you, you know, work out that danger is not here and ever present. And just being able mm-hmm. to metabolize that was, it kind of took how damaging and personal racism felt to me, mm. you know, because you know it, it just felt like it was so intentional a lot of the time. Um, which it yeah. can be. I'm not saying that it's not, on some levels, but so much of racism and all the isms and phobias isn't personal because like by definition, if you hate someone, you stay away from them. And so you're not getting to know who they are. You, it's just kind of this abstract thing, unless they've really done something personal to you, but like racism and things like that, it's, it's very impersonal. It kind of is only able to live and exist if you don't know anything about people mm. of color, you know? And so that's what keeps it alive. That separation, that segregation, you know, not really... Being able to understand that these are people too, and they have lives, and they have families, and they they love the same way, and they live, from the most part, the same way. And so, if it's not personal, then it really boils down to um, this this really abstract fear, and also just you know not being able to menha- metabolize your own trauma in a productive mm-hmm. way, you know, and taking the easy escape route for that trauma. You know what I mean?
0: so what i what i'm hearing is that the you know for people who might be uh, in similar communities or members of people of color or people who are marginalized in our society in any number of ways that the fear you might have of going towards these subjects and actually unlocking these doors and opening them up to study mm-hmm. might help heal the personalization of the wound mm-hmm. against who you are. So, or might help kind of separate that. It's the intention versus the impact. The impact is this is on me, Val, Val, like as a singular being on this planet, yeah. as opposed to as overwhelming as our reality is, mm-hmm. that it's quote unquote not personal <laughs> has helped you uh what's it called? What's the word? Deprogram.
2: Yeah, it, it, it becomes the like
0: I I view if that's what I'm yeah, yeah I'm, I want to make sure I'm understanding correctly.
2: yeah I view um a lot and, and listen this is just I, I I don't believe like it's the sole reason. I think that um racism and sexism and all the isms and phobias, they're a very complex subject. And I think that one side of it that's not really Examined very often is the psychological, you know, aspects of it and how biologically, you know, how, how fight or flight works and how fear works and it's how, we, exactly. And how we work when we're triggered, you know, or how we don't work when we're triggered, you know, and how our brain doesn't work when, when a person is triggered. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm watching it go down online all the time, like, you know, during the halftime show, um, for the Super Bowl when Eminem kneeled down. We watch people, they were triggered, they were triggered, and they just kind of go off script, you know, and project all of this Projects stuff. Projects
0: in football.
2: Exactly. You know, and it's like for me I recognize that somebody is like very triggered.
0: They flipped their switch. It does.
2: It flips. Wow. It flips their switch off. You know, like, oh, right. I'm not thinking with my hippocampus anymore. I have no access to logical thought. And it 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 one of the things that you know, I always tell people is, you know, I I speak of this experience of one of my girlfriends kind of right when, you know, the whole George Floyd thing, or uh, the murder of George Floyd happened and all of that was going down. And she was trying to explain to her children about racism. And she was telling me about it. She's like, you know, I'm trying to explain my kids, you know, what racism is. And, you know, they don't get it. They don't get it. Like, you know, black people aren't as good. Like, they're just like, that doesn't, I don't get it. And I looked at her and I said, It's because it doesn't make sense. So they're right to not understand. (laughs) You know, it's not a sensical thing. And, you know, studying and knowing what I know about fear and trauma and PTSD and about um, your flight or fight response, you are not, you have no access to logical thought. So you're like, and what could be more nonsensical than racism? What could be more nonsensical than, you know, homophobia? Like there's nothing like nothing more nonsensical in my opinion. And so you're not, in my opinion, like people are, it's like the big elephant in the room that fills up the room is this idea that like I'm superior, but really at the root of that is I am afraid and secure person. And this really has nothing to do with that. It's really because my parents didn't love me or like I, you know, had some sort of trauma in my life that I haven't addressed, and I'm funneling all my rage and frustration.
0: And society has deigned this as a socially appropriate outlet because exactly. it holds it for its own trauma, like exactly. society's trauma. Exactly, is, it funnels it funnels, inter, it funnels personal trauma in the direction of yeah. homophobia, racism, yep. sexism, et etc. Yeah, I mean, really, personally, I believe at the root, root, root of it is racism. Mm-hmm. I think at the root, root, root of Amer- at least white white supremacy. It's white supremacy. Mm-hmm. That is the root, root patriarchy. All of it. Yeah. white supremacy, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, I loved Val when, and I want to make, I want to make this as clear as possible. You know, when you shared that with me um, last year or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, talking about talk, your friend, talking to their kid about like, I don't even know how to explain racism. And you were like, it doesn't make sense. You can't. It like clicked really distinctly that to try and quote-unquote explain racism is like trying to explain rape. It's like trying to explain Mm -hmm. murder. It's like, well, some people kill. And it's like, no, 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 there's no justifying. It's not like that. It's not some people. Because people would say, quote-unquote, well, some people are racist. No, they were taught that no one is born racist. Yeah,
2: Mm -hmm. absolutely. They absorbed it.
1: That's such an amazing... It's so illuminating what you're saying, Val, because I feel like all the time you hear online or wherever, like, why can't we all just talk to each other? Like, it's like, well, we can't when everyone is flooded with terror and emotions, and then, like, everything gets worse. And then, like, I feel like people always, they're like, well, people just aren't willing. They're just willing to change. And, like, well, I've had these, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, that's, I've just, Yeah, like, well, how could, how could anyone move when we don't even, as a culture and society, don't teach anyone how to take care of themselves, mm -hmm. like with emotional flooding? Um,
0: How could you engage in a productive conversation? Yeah,
1: and I feel like America is like a person who cannot reconcile with themselves. (laughs) It's it's (laughs) like (laughs) they're like, we can't change because we cannot accept the truth, and it's like as long as that happens you can't change without just accepting without judgment like this is what happened yeah but like as long as we're like no that's over (laughs) 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 like we'll just limp on in this horrible way anyways getting anyways um (laughs) (sighs) i lost my train of thought yeah it just it made it so much it made it so much clearer like why these productive conversations just don't seem to happen that often.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think we spend, and I think rightfully so, because, you know, we have to unpack a lot of different things to really get to the root of solving this problem. Um, And, but I think we spend the majority of our time unpacking why we don't deserve this treatment. Um, That's been a conversation for a long time or um, validating our own worth within, you know, those, you know, addressing it, you know, and kind of like telling people that like, you know, which I think, you know, I don't think it should be a conversation that we're worthy. You know that should be a good Wait, idea. yeah. Are, are you saying? saying yeah. Are you
0: saying so much of the conversation gets devoted to like, in even in mainstream media, mm-hmm. being like, "Well, see, black people. I don't know. May- give them a chance. Right. Maybe they can." Like, oh, yeah, it's can't it get like get the- exactly.
2: We don't get you to can't the, get real-, the yeah, real shit because shit. We can't we can't we're spending a lot of time, you know, being like, "People are equal," and like, "You should treat everybody," and you should like. You know, which is I think there's definitely a place for that conversation. Like we definitely need that to be at the forefront because that breaks But down. it's not gonna
0: land in long term memory it's, if we're not yeah, creating a productive community. Exactly.
2: Structure. Because I think that at the core, like um the way that uh PTSD and trauma works and the way that flight or fight is triggered is that you don't have access to that information if your flight if your fears are triggered. You know? Mm-hmm. And so really we have to prepare ourselves to be able to receive that information, you know, Um, preparing our nervous systems to be able to receive that information as non-people of color, you know, and Mm -hmm. if they can work on regulating their nervous system so that just the mere mention of, hey, that was maybe a little racist or that comment was a little off doesn't trigger you so that your brain's not working <laughs> properly mm. that's it's never going to land correctly it's never going you're never going to retain it and you're never mm. going to be able to enact it when the time comes because i've seen i've heard a lot of people i've looked at their instagrams and like they're they've got the black square and they've got you know okay uh, you know <laughs> like they they they've got all the right things they're saying all the right the things the right <laughs> <laughs> and they're saying all the right things, but then when that you know, when when it, when it's the Hail Mary moment of like am I going to actually be an ally in this moment? They drop the ball. They drop the ball and I've seen them do it so many times where you know, I was working on a project once and you know, I wasn't able to cover a day and you know, they replaced me with a white artist, which is fine, you know, and the talent was white too. And then all of a sudden, like, they asked me not to come back because the, the talent bonded with the makeup artist better than me. And I was like, so you're going to take this job from this black, small black business, you know, like, and I looked at her Instagram page and I'm like, see, this is where advocacy comes in. You don't
0: take that job. She shouldn't have taken it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, I feel really strongly about that.
2: Exactly. You don't take that job. You're like, you You know, the the scarcity for people of color and you know better. But I mean, and it would be shitty to do it to anyone, but it's specifically shitty to do it to a person of color. So it's like I'm feeling they're dropping the ball when it comes to like actually being that ally.
0: I'm very bad at playing devil's advocate. (laughs) So but I'm going to try and I'm going to try to play it right after this. And now we're back. As I mentioned, I'm going to try and play devil's advocate, Um, but not really, but really (laughs) like, so here's what I think, you know, like, and this is the really nitty gritty stuff because we do get into how the mind works and emotions and trauma. Mm -hmm. And I have seen so many uh, white, uh, non-people of color. We can, well, let's use that for the duration of this episode Mm -hmm. like, and forever. Yeah. Um, who when in that job scenario start talking about fairness. Okay. Mm. It's not fair. It's like, well, if they say they want to have all the department heads in a production be women, they haven't earned it. Is that fair? Is it merit? And they start using all these terms. And I actually had a conversation similar to this the other day with somebody who was talking about, um, their husband and a job. And, uh, part of advocacy the part i'm i'm trying to do is the emotional labor Mm -hmm. of helping or trying to not trigger the other person who's already like i'm afraid i'm not gonna have enough money for my kids Uh." and i sit Mm -hmm. and you know and I, i was really calm and like all that stuff and it's like well it's not fair it's not fair and i was like you know I really hear you. Like, it really is, it's hard when things aren't fair. Mm-hmm. Like, there are so many opportunities for, like, business loans that don't go to people. You know, so many opportunities for doors to open and shut. Like, fairness. I mean, if we're really going to talk about fairness, it just gets so messy so quickly. Yeah. But I'm really sorry that opportunity didn't work out. Yeah. And that's fucking it, man. You can't yeah. be there and be like, but when does diversity and inclusion go too far? And I'm like, what? It's just like, but, you know, but people do feel that way. People yeah, yeah. really do. And so, like, yeah. the advocacy strategy standpoint, yeah. I guess I try to have is just like, I don't know, dude, yeah. just try and hold space yeah. for it. Yeah. And
2: that's where it brings
0: the conversation back to your fears, but I, that, you know? that's, that, that's me. It's like, I'm not saying, Val, I don't want you to hold space for anybody else ever. I say, <laughs> me as an ally, as a white person, I'm going to try and do my little bit where I don't get heated and start spitting in the face of somebody because oh, that's sure. my job, my allyship. Uh I don't have, I don't, my power is not getting, I need to not get emotional so I can be a better ally. Yeah. It's, that's my
2: labor. It's called, it's, it's calling in, not calling out, you know, because there's, there's ego that is involved. And I see along with triggers, I see egos as well, you know, battling each other
0: a resource fragility and it's like we're all under the same thumb. You're putting us there longer by saying, "Oh, it's the woman who took my job. Oh, it's the black person who took mm-hmm. my job." Yeah, blah, and blah, blah, blah. it's, it's like, and they're not the true culprits. <laughs> no, no.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a distraction from the conversation, but again, it goes back to fear. You know, like this person at their core is afraid. You know, and someone like, you know, and it, a lot of the time it has to do with unconscious bias. And I describe unconscious bias as being like an old tape playing in your head with someone else's voice on it, you know, because that thought derived from somewhere else. So if you can identify the voice on that tape and really like forgive that person for feeling that way and know that they were a good person, they were doing the best that they could with the information that they had, but shut the tape off. You know, that doesn't have to be your internal narrative anymore. I hear my internal narratives, you know, from my mother talking to me all the time. But I have to, like, stop and take a breath and, you know, remind myself that I'm my own person, that I have my own thoughts and I have my own life. My mom's not living my life for me anymore or not ever, you know. So I don't have to be beholden to her fears and insecurities. You know, I can really explore whether or not this is something that I truly should be afraid of, you know? Mm. So, yeah. And that's where the work comes, you know, part of doing the work of, you know, understanding and doing the research and um, exploring this topic in a cerebral way is also exploring the topic through a psychological and emotional lens as well. You know, how do these things truly make us feel? And why are we, you know, like I feel like people are so dissociated from their feelings because society does not allow you to connect with your feelings in a meaningful way. They're always trying to push you past them as quickly and as possible, push it back to work, push you back to war, push it, push it, push you, push it, you, push you, push you, you know, and yeah. they're, they they do not give you the time, you know, to fully metabolize how you're feeling. And, you know, if it if if you ate something that's not metabolizing and it's kind of sitting and like disturbing your 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 stomach, it's gonna be projectile. You're you're gonna project. You know, it's gonna come out in like a really gross and like you know disgusting vile way. You know, and what is more vile and disgusting than racism, sexism, homophobia, xenophobia? Anti-Semitism. Like, what's more
0: disgusting than that?
2: You know, like, what goes in has to come out some way, some shape, some form.
0: I'm I'm so grateful uh, to the people of color in my life who have allowed me, who have had, who have al- ha- had allowed me to to grow and to learn. Mm-hmm. And when I feel myself get triggered on behalf of someone else i now know how much more power i have as an ally if i temper it mm-hmm. i think to myself like i'm going to i'm going to do my best that calling in not calling out mm-hmm. aspect like i and i can only speak from my standpoint but i i want to honor the respect i've been given and the trust i've been given my actions and what sucks is that like it would be so much it wouldn't it be fun to just be like la 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 yeah look at me I'm a big ally let me yell at people yeah. But that's not gonna be where that's not where my true strength is yeah. and that's not where my power is it takes power away from me yeah you know yeah
2: I mean so much of
0: as uh, as you know, sickening as, as it is, though, to be like, I'm going to make space for this person across from me who's saying this right now, uh-huh. and I'm still going to hold my ground, and I'm still going to say my point, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to get mad at them. Yeah. As, as little and petty as that sounds. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, oh, I, I have a question But about still be that. upset, but not, you know what I mean? It feels good to yell at somebody. You know
2: what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but it's temporary,
0: the, the, the joy I know, it's, comes temporary, from it. yeah. it's temporary. It doesn't help if, if I really care about my friends. And it's not productive. Mm-hmm. I had a person who I don't work with anymore who talked to me the other day was saying, I'll never vote for another Democrat, starts railing about this, that. And they're like, I'm a libertarian Republican now. And this this person is in a position of far greater social power than I am. And I sat there and I like really like was like, wow, you know, where's this coming? Yeah. And I like really held space for that person. And I went in my car and I just screamed. (laughs) I guess uh, I've done that. Or you just your whole, you know, but like in the past, I would say that my advocacy was more selfish, and I would have taken the opportunity to get mad at them in their face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? What was your- That Sucks for me, Val. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I
1: I had a question about. Um, well, kind of going piggybacking on what you guys are saying, uh-huh. I feel like I attended a an edi training at my job Mm -hmm. and um it felt very much like it was still so laid out to comfort white people (laughs) and like like even before we started like you know the assistant was like just want to make sure that like everyone feels like it's okay to like you know say whatever you need to say or it's okay to feel really uncomfortable or like and a, a lot of the feedback was like why do i have to do this like you know just you should have hired val they should have hired val right well like i think i guess that... i'm saying is how do you how do you because it, it does since we live in a white centered society that is continually centering whites mm-hmm. when you're having these conversations how do you bring it back to we are not talking about the white experience right now. Because like you were saying, it's we, it's so hard to get to the actual conversation because yeah. people are so busy being like, talking about this other bullshit. Yeah. And is is that like, are we there?
2: Have we achieved? <laughs> I mean, we... yeah. And I mean, that's, listen, that's why I try to look at it on a human level. We all got a vagus nerve. We've all got a parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system. We all have the capacity to regulate our emotions. You know, so I like to approach it where I'm giving everyone my confidence. You know, I have the confidence in you that we can have this conversation and um, we can hold space for one another in it. You know what I mean? And I can recognize in everyone that you know, wh- whether or not I'm being productive in a conversation, and I don't say, you know, I don't talk about you know, the the lens or focus the my conversation through this lens to spare white people of or non uh, to spare uh, non people of color their feelings, but to honor the fact that as human beings we have biological. Um, functions that are there to protect us um however if we've been in a state of sustained uh, flight or fight for a long time that response becomes overly sensitive and it also be it reacts at times when it doesn't serve you and Mm -hmm. what i'm hoping that people will take from this is that if they can do the emotional labor along with us all, if we can all support each other in doing this emotional labor of keeping emotionally regulated while we have these conversations, we can actually make some progress. We can actually make some progress.
0: Hmm. That's it. Wow. <laughs> Val, that's, that is that's beautiful. Wonderful. I would love, 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 you know, to have you back and we'll have, we'll just, you know, I want to have you back. I want to talk about it. I want I want to talk, want- yes. oh talk-, talk about so dating. Yeah, we have so many things to talk about. <laughs> oh, but God damn it, Val. You're so right. Nobody. can Yeah, nobody can learn if they're all triggered. It's like trying to learn how to do fractions when you're hungry. Yeah. You're like, huh? Yeah. Or you don't know what numbers
2: are. Yeah. Or like, you can't read. It's like, <laughs> I need you to take this test, but you don't know how to read. Or like yeah, or or hey, really? I need you to like read this paper, but I broke your glasses and you can't see without them. you know like that's that's actually a, an even more accurate you know description. it's like you you have to like put the lens on like you have to put the right lens on at the right time and it, it and it, it is it's like it's frustrating to think, oh my god, I have to like be calm when I talk about this. I'm like, yeah, you do. You know, you just have to. No, hundred percent. Yeah, and it's 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 more about like like I said, are you calling out? Are you calling in? Are you looking for temporary gratification? And I don't just mean. And people of color, like I understand where they're coming from. Where like we're processing and we're
0: getting like
2: you know triggered for generational trauma. You know, but really like
0: right to yell at someone who's homophobic. exactly,
2: exactly, exactly, exactly. That's my time to go off. That's ex- where I get to go, you know, and that, however, I I encourage people to save themselves the grief, you know, and save themselves the um, heightened hypervigilance and to the further traumatization of engaging, you know, on certain occasions yeah. you know, or on an occasion when you might not feel as regulated as you need to be to address the situation, mm-hmm. you know, like, cause sometimes I know that I've gone into a space kind of like when my television broke, that probably wouldn't be the best time to have a conversation about race, you know, where I'm already <laughs> like frustrated <laughs> and I'm like my fucking Tinder Swindler. I can't watch it today. So that's not a good time to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm just mm-hmm. wanting people to realize like, if you can check take in with yourself, yeah, take, check and it's really for you. Check in with yeah. yourself before you engage in a conversation. You know, like, am I fully prepared to emotionally palletize this, or do you, I think I'm going to walk away from this in a, and um, and not be triggered from it? Like you, and you'll know you'll know if you're able to have a productive conversation with someone. You know, mm. and it's about mm. I think the bigger goal. The bigger goal is being able to make the progress, you know, not a tug of war.
0: Tug of war is never going to get you anywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. Tug, of love, tug of love, baby. <laughs> tug of tug love, baby. Tug of love. Let's do a tug of love. Uh Well, uh, I've got a big tug of love in my heart for you, Val oh, Harvey. I'll take it. <laughs> yes, thank you so
1: much. It's been, it's, this has been so incredibly um helpful and I, you know. It's yeah. It's just been so great to have you on.
0: If our listeners want to find more of you and be in proximity to you and your work and whatever you do, or even if somebody's listening and they would like to get your advice or potentially even hire you for uh, some DEI sessions, how do people? How do people get in touch?
2: Well, if you'd like to continue the conversation um, with questions or if you want to follow me on social media, you can uh, follow me at societyofallies.com and slide into my DMs. Um, If you want to see my makeup work, I'm at Mohawk Makeup because I have a Mohawk and I do makeup. My whole aesthetic is fashion after Mr. T. Just putting that out there. Love him. Um, (laughs) I have a Mohawk right now, but I just you just can't tell. But um. Mm Anyway, though, yeah, so definitely uh, slide into the DMs, <laughs> but not if yes. you're a twindler.
0: <laughs> no, no way. Not if you're a twindler. For more Val, go to uh, her Instagram, Mohawk Makeup, and check out societyofallies.com if you want to get involved with the good business of doing business Good.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, awesome. We're here every week at Analyze This. Uh, follow, subscribe, and check it out if you haven't yet. And if you want to support the podcast, go to patreoncom analyze this. But you know what? D- really, just go to societyofallies.com and go check out Mohawk Makeup. That's all we want for you today. Thanks, y'all. Yay. <laughs> Thanks, babe. We'll have you back soon. Thanks, Kelby. So Kisses. Much so much love. So for you, much love. So much love.